Hey, today I want to talk about women and men in the workplace, and this is going to be an interesting show, pretty provocative stuff, as you can well imagine with all the discussion. So I'm going to take a break now and just kind of give a shout out on the men's side for a second. I'm going to talk about Institute because I'm looking better than ever, and I owe it to Institute. Uh, these folks specialize in custom-tailored menswear for the modern gentleman. I think I'm a modern guy, and we're going to be talking about that because uh, you have to be a modern guy to operate in today's world, and you should. You should, and you should look at too. So, so they use your measurements to ensure the perfect fit guarantee. So if you happen to get a garment that doesn't fit like a glove, because they will fit like a glove, but if you happen to, they'll alter it, remake it, refund it, and purchase in full. I'm telling you, you got nothing to lose. And what's more important, it's all custom fit. There's no one person that's the same. I don't buy off the rack, okay? I go to a personal tailor like in Stitchu. So I choose from different patterns and styles and custom tailored suits that start at like 499 bucks. This is real reasonable. So I actually get a couple every couple of uh, months, actually. So spend $4.99 and they'll give you two free shirts if you use the code C-SUITE-NY exclamation point. You just tell them I sent you they'll do it. So never buy off the rack again and visit Institu, and that's I-N-S-T-I-T-C-H-U dot com. All right. So that's good. So now we're looking good. Now let's talk about acting good and being good. And to do that, I have my next guest up, who I ran into at the uh, Power 100 of Irish America. We were getting named to the Power 100. We happened to be at a banquet. Hadn't seen this person for a while. Ran into Eileen. And to listen to what she's doing and how she's doing it. And with all the stuff that's going on with Me Too and Time's Up, I thought it's important for us to talk about this. And so she's got a brand new book coming out called In the Company of Men, How Women Can Succeed in a World Built Without Them. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about her work that she does at the founder of Rising Tides because she's making the workplace better for women. And I think we need to do that. And I can't think of a better person to have on the show and talk about what's going on every day in your office and back probably in even your living room where we can talk about all of this stuff and it's important stuff. And so here we are right now. Welcome Eileen Skelly. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. First of all, great to see you again. Great to talk to you. But uh, my first question, I've got to jump in. Are, are men just bad? <laughs> no, men are wonderful, Jeff. I have to be very honest with you. I have loved men my entire life, raised by one of the best ones out there, and have another one as my brother. Men have been critical to everything that I've accomplished, everything that many of the women that I know have accomplished. What we're experiencing right now is what I'm calling a bifurcation of experience, where the shift is women are being heard differently, not only by men, but by each other. And that's an important point that we can talk about a little bit more. And men are also re-examining their own behaviors and interactions, and they're being self-critical in a new way for the first time. And I think the points of vulnerability are shifting, and that's an important exercise. Is it because of the awareness? I mean, the, the, the look, I'll use me as an example. I, you know, I think I'm a fairly progressive guy, but there are times in which I know I have just been an ass, okay? I've said it, done it, 
I've stuck, I've crossed the line when I shouldn't have crossed the line, but sometimes I didn't know I was doing that. If, if, if uh, I'm not asking for forgiveness, I'm not asking for understanding, but I just think some of us didn't know because that's the nature of how we were raised that that's not a good thing. So is it an awareness issue or what? Uh, yes, it's awareness. And I will tell you, you are one of 80% of the men that I talk to on a daily basis who are asking me those exact questions. They want the guardrails now. And those guardrails yeah. are very personal and very individual. I was raised in a neighborhood of all boys. I didn't have any female friends until I went to school. That language formed me, right? My native tongue right. is male. So I can I can jab with the guys, I can talk sports, I can make the inappropriate jokes. I also have to check myself. So we have a responsibility to each other to hold each other accountable for whoever it is in the room that may not be on the inside of those jokes. And years ago, we were taking or, can, this, or even take it they can't take it you know yeah. may not be on the inside they just it's just offensive i mean totally offensive and just different correct different sensibilities yeah. so it's it's the same line of reasoning although it's much more broad as when we adapted cultural sensitivity racial sensitivity homophobic sensitivity right that's not cool anymore to be the guy that's homophobic let's right. make it so it's not cool to be the guy who's sexist anymore either yeah, I well, I totally, totally get that, but 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 <laughs> um, I want to have this conversation because the other day someone posted on Facebook feed, and I'm watching it and reading it. And I commented on it, and and is it okay to say the girls mm. refer to the girls? See, and and now now let's have this debate because I think again I loved your comment about guardrails and look, we work together, so you know me. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. And and I've had women who've worked for work with me for me, and I've worked for some of the strongest women in the world. And and man, I'm scared sometimes of what I'm going to say or how I'm going to say it. So I'm, which I love this whole conversation. But you know, is it okay to say girls? And I said it's okay. It's never okay to say girls in an office environment, in my opinion, in a professional environment. It, but it is okay to say girls when I'm referring to my granddaughters or referring to um, my my own personal family in the way in which we would do that. But never is it a, a, a role for me to say girls. Now, I might say boys in, a, in, in, the, in the office, and that's okay. So why isn't it okay to say girls? And so that whole debate was going on and raging. I'm not saying it is okay. Trust me. I don't need letters. I don't need freaking calls, people. So don't, you know. <laughs> So let's be clear. That's what I said. But but is it okay to say girls? I, I think in a workplace environment, I'm going to support 100% what you said. And I have, I'm, I'm sensitive to this stuff. And when I worked in corporate environments, I rarely heard boys used as frequently or in the way it was used uh, in a similar way to the way people use the word girls. So, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, a, I would never hear a woman say, okay, boys. Exactly. Well, you know, I, you know, you might say you'd hear that every so often. I'd hear a, a really great sales uh, professional, being a woman, uh, and she would say, all right, boys, you know, right. and that would, you know, that was like being one of the boys, so to speak, or being one of the sales team now, which was predominantly male at the time. But I, I've never seen, I've never seen where the, 
you know, predominant women in the office say, okay, boys, you boys, right. it wouldn't, you know, just not, it's not appropriate, right? Well, and it doesn't but, have the same derogatory yeah, inclination right. that girls does. Girls is infantilizing to women. Hmm. Yeah. Is this, is this just making, I, well, I think the other thing, I want to get back to this point you were making, yeah. I, between women, yeah. you, you have, you have your own language and, and, and women have been their toughest critics on each other. And not supportive of each other. And now this seems to be changing a great deal. It is. And there's still, um, there's still some of the holdouts, right? So I, I started this business looking to help women work better together, right? Some of the most incredible things that have happened in my career were because women made the doors open for me, right? It didn't happen because of men exclusively. And and for women, being the only or the first in a lot of those cases made them more exposed. So for them to take a chance on a younger woman and sponsoring, mentoring her meant a lot to me. I want to propagate that across the business world. Right now, we have a lot of women who have been indoctrinated that they need to follow the strongest man in the room. And I could go into all the you know, anthropology on why that happens. I won't, but we need to get better at supporting each other in the workplace for the right reasons. So the women who are doing the good work, who are following the corporate edicts and changing things and improving the culture of the workplace, the people who are improving the products for the marketplace, the people who are really going out there and making the brand better, we need to support them and team with them. They're not a threat to us. They're not competing with us. Well, I want to come back to that, but I want to take a quick break because I got to get paid. And, okay. I, and I do. And I want to talk about your book you got coming out this spring because I just think it's excellent just to talk about in the company of men, how women can succeed in a world built without them. Wow. Thank That's going to be fun. So we're going to come back to that in just a second. But I do want to talk about my friends because, listen, we spend our money and invest in so many unimportant things in life. And I'm talking about stuff we like to acquire, right? We need to start investing in our most valuable asset, which is us. You, me, us. Look in the mirror. That's your most valuable asset. That's why Elytra Health, the Manhattan Center for Life and Longevity, that's what they do. I went there. Listen, this is a a day-long experience. I got probed. I got x-rayed. I got scanned. I got poked. I got uh, moved. I, I, I was physically moved, meaning It changed my life and the way I need to look at my life. And I I sit down for a doctor. I went through the spa-like atmosphere. I met with a physiologist, a dietitian, and I'm changing the way I do things. So I'm investing in me because I intend to be around a lot more. And you should invest in you and you should call Elytra, Elytra Health, or just write to me. I'll put you directly in touch with them. You want to go do this because at the end of this day, you get this big report. It's awesome. You sit down with it. You sit down with the doctor. You prescribe all the things you got to do. Tells you you got to get platelets in your bloodstream because, men, you do. This is preventative care. Invest in your Okay. And that's, by the way, men and women. Okay. <laughs> so let's get that out there. Uh, lean, lean, you got you to go to this thing. My wife and I went and it was just fascinating what we learned about each Amazing. other. So, Amazing. Yeah, because men and women are different, but we're the same because we're humans. So it was awesome. So let's it. talk a little bit about, is it the responsibility of women to help other women? Uh, I think it's the responsibility for all of us to make the workplace better for everyone. 
Okay. Yeah, it's more. It's, it's better to say that it's better men, men and women, humans should help exactly. humans, right? Exactly. Yeah. And for the right reasons, right? So I always yeah. rely on the work. So what's the work product? And forget the personalities, forget the politics. If you can focus as much on what the goals are for the organization, what are what's the team supposed to be doing, and how are we measuring and metricing that? then a lot of this other stuff goes away and the the best people rise to the top and the the lower performers have to find something new to do. Yeah. And so, so do you think we're going to ever go back now? Go back to and, what? Mad Men? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great way of saying it. I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll ever be pigs as much as that, but we're still, there's still a relative level of being pigs. I mean, yeah, do I, think, don't, I don't think we're talking about pigs as much as we're talking about what's acceptable workplace behavior, right? So you're always going to have a certain segment of the workplace that's going to resemble the Wolf of Wall Street, right? We also or, Har- or Harvey uh, Weinstein. Uh, correct. But the problem is nobody did anything, right? Right. So uh, an inflection point for me was. Just about this time last year, Susan Fowler was the uh, Uber engineer who wrote the piece exposing the entire sexual harassment culture. And the problem there was not that she was identifying Travis Kalanick as a pig, to use your words. Everybody knew he was. Everybody knew there were behavior problems. The problem she exposed so adeptly was the HR system was put in place to protect that behavior. And that's what we're breaking down right now. That's what's happening. So HR is moving. They don't see it yet, but they are moving away from a central point of handling these types of complaints and problems because they haven't handled it, right? So they're going to lose control of that in 2018 into 2020. That's one of my big predictions. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know that there's been uh, an enablement of people to do things about it. Let me, so, and I think that's the real issue, you know, so you take it to HR, you know, nothing ever happens or it's, it's rigged against them. But I also think the empowerment of people to be able to speak up and say things. I mean, let me give you a good example today. Someone in our office used the R word, mm. all right? R word meaning retard. Yeah. They said that. Yeah. And, and of course, I don't know that I have a, a brother-in-law who's affected in that way, or uh, my wife spent a great deal of her time in that way. And so, and, and, and of course I have my daughter here and, and right away the woman said, and she didn't realize what she said and she didn't mean to say it in the way, but she was referring to people being really just jerks. And, and, and I just said to her right away, I said, don't use that word. Right. Right. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, it's a very offensive word for people. Right. And then, of course, my daughter explained to her why that was offensive for us because of our family. So but, you know, what my point is, I, I think there's been more of an environment not to say something. Well, you know, and I think and, there, there needs that's another change that's happening, Jeff, is uh, people are going to be holding each other accountable much in the way that you just explained. So. What I've found, and I coach a lot of people on this, is say, I'm sure you don't realize, but when you use that word, it's offensive to people. And and we should be able to say that whether or not I have a relative who happens to have mental disabilities or not. I should be able to say that, you know, this whole thing that's coming out now where men are saying, well, I have daughters and I have a wife, so I'm offended by me too. No. You should be offended because you're a human being on the planet. 
and everyone mm-hmm. deserves your respect. So don't reflect it into your own experience. Make it about the people around you who deserve to have an equal footing. Well, that's powerful. By the way, we're talking to Eileen Skelly, founder of the Rising Tides, making the workplace better for women. I think that's a profound point that you're 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 looking at it through the eyes of the other person. Correct. Okay. So I will tell you that one of our team members made a big mistake here recently, and and they actually put out a, a newsletter and then that headline for testing the newsletter. OK, put Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein Weinstein. I don't know. I don't even want to say his name uh, ruined how he ruined your Christmas party. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right. I saw it when I was furious. My my team went furious. Um, I started getting calls from people and and it was really then and I I knew how bad it was going to be. But then I had somebody who called me who I know who was in a very male dominated industry, meaning she was a fighter pilot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. She's exactly. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, you talk about the cockpit. Okay. That's, I mean, she was in it. Okay. And so when you think about that, and, and then she called me about how deeply disappointed she was in me because someone had done sure. that. Of course, I don't prove that stuff, but, you know, I had to take responsibility for it regardless. I apologize that it's not what it was meant for. She was trying to cause controversy, bad thing to do controversy with, right? Especially in the middle of all this stuff. Right. But, right. but what it was, what was so, impactful to me was for me to see that through her eyes of what that meant to her, you know, not, not for me to see it from my wife's eyes or my daughter's eyes, as you just said, but to see it from another person's eyes who, you know, quite frankly, I do have, you know, a no, but I, you know, it's not intimate. It's not, you know, like we're the best buddies in the world, so to speak. Right. I think that's a, a very, very big distinction. Well, and I think that that's part of what's happening now when I talked about the bifurcation of the experience is men are thinking back on workplace behaviors and saying, I just read something and I may have done that 10 years ago and I'm not sure. And should I go back and apologize or should I just make it go away or is that everybody's experience? So I think that that reflection is a really important experience and exercise for men to have right now. I shared when the the Uber story came out last year, I wrote a post about it and I made a very personal, pardon me, reflection in there. I was working at a big company at the time, went out for lunch, my car got hit. The cop drove me back to the office, right? And I didn't know it until until I was in the back of the cop car. You can't let yourself out of the back of a cop car, right? There's no, right? right? I didn't know that until I was in it. He lets me out. You, by the way, you got to get in the back of more cop cars. Then. <laughs> well, it was kind of an interesting revelation for me. I was like, yeah. how do I get out of here? And he laughed. He's, that, we don't want you let yourself out. Yeah, that'll help you next time. Right. There you right. go. So, yeah. so I walk into the office, and of course, I, I was mildly traumatized. I wasn't hurt, but I was shaken up by the experience. And again, very male-dominated industry. I was in tech, and from one of the conference rooms where all the guys were sitting around talking about whatever they were talking about comes, what did they get you for? Prostitution? Oh. Right? Yeah. And I reflected on that, and I will never forget that moment. And that moment, Jeff, is now probably 20 years ago, but I yeah. will never forget it. And I, the reflection was, if he had said shoplifting, I would have laughed right along with him. Mm-hmm. But to take that position of power over my career, right? These were all the VPs in the room. 
And not only did he say that and sexualize it, but no one else in the room stood up for me. Yeah. It would have been nice for somebody else to say, well, what'd they get you for stupidity? Right. You know? Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. But see, that's the thing I think. And that's, that's, I think the biggest thing I've seen out of this is the fact that nobody else speaks up when they saw it. Yeah. Are you kidding? You know, I mean, the, the guy, you know, this guy masturbated into a plant. He, he did all kinds of terrible, terrible, gross things. And this goes on in offices all over the all over the country, all over the world. Okay, there's people who see this. The people happen, and I think this has given us permission to say, "No, you can't do that." But that you can't takes, say that. That still takes very uh, a, a huge amount of courage and political clout in the organization. Still to this day, I'm hoping that's what changes. So, if we want to look at what you just said, is so true because this behavior is still happening in thousands of companies all over the world, but more so at conferences, right? Yeah. So people go oh, yeah. away from home, the 300 mile rule, the, the booze is plentiful, the atmosphere is partying and it's all great. And that's how we establish great relationships with our clients and our customers. But look at CES, right? The women, there were no women until someone called an audible. There were no women on the keynote stage, but they had robotic strippers right off the strip. So we're still dealing with somebody's approving the keynote lineup. Somebody's approving the offsite entertainment. And there's a, an imbalance there that we all collectively have to correct. Yeah, you have to make, well, I can't say it enough. We have to make our places of work, our places of leadership to mirror the society that we have at least or correct the wrongs from the past. And so, you know, like even at C-Suite Network Conferences, we make sure that at least 50% of the people on stage are women. That's great. Oh, come on. That's I great. mean, you have to. And by the way, and I want you to be, I want to be very clear, it's not easy to do either. Right. Okay. It's not, right. e it's not easy to do. So we have to do that. So, uh, oh, I, I got to take a quick, another quick break. I, I get, we're getting paid a lot <laughs> to do this show. So it's just really good. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about Pitney Bowes. I've discovered your next sending solution. Yep. Pitney Bowes. So no matter what you send or how often you send it, they offer you an ability to print posts. Postage right from your office. I mean, don't have to go to the postage post office anymore. And they have special discounts like savings three cents per letter versus the price of a stamp, man. So you're saving money. You don't even have to go out, especially if it's cold like it's been lately. So plans start as low as five dollars per month. You visit pitneybow or pb.com, pb.com forward slash all business to learn more. So you don't even have to even type out Pitney Bow, just PB. So P, make sure you get that right. P b.com forward slash all business that's me and don't forget to sign up for the free trial so make sure that that goes that's it's all terms apply so see the site for details and or, or write to me tweet me i'll get it there hey let's talk about this new book you got okay because sure. i'm just loving it in the company of men and so i i haven't read it yet because it's not out you know but it's about talking about how women can succeed in a world built without them. And you really, and, and I was reading the promos of the book and I'm so excited. And by the way, you and I ran into each other. We remember that yeah, uh, here oh, recently. Yeah. yeah. Irish America. We got honored. That was awesome. And and I said something to you. You, you snapped right back <laughs> because it was great. And I loved it. But, you know, you, you talk about how women have achieved Remarkable success in heavily male-dominated spaces like, let's, let's think about this, the NFL, Catholic Church. <laughs> and I love this one, pornography, yeah. uh, venture capital. I mean, tell me about what you're doing with this book. So fascinating stories, right? There are women who have 
in these spaces, the ones you just listed are all featured in the book, right? So I take one woman and tell her story about what she's done. So let's talk about the woman I'm featuring in the NFL because everybody's talking about the playoffs right now and she's amazing. She is a woman who started as a sports broadcaster in the 90s and has gradually and dynamically worked her way as a sideline reporter for the NFL, for Fox Sports. She Mm -hmm. saw, now granted, HDTV, sports, the NFL, not the most female-friendly environment, right? As she started to reach her 40s, she saw her hours and her assignments going to younger uh, women. What she saw, instead instead of reacting viscerally to that, she also saw that these women were not prepared for what they were being asked to do. And she knew that that was going to have a ripple effect on other women that would follow, right? Because it doesn't take much for the Twitter sphere to attack these women, tell them that they don't know anything, tell them that they are dressed inappropriately, they're ugly or whatever their thoughts are. So Laura, Laura Ackman is her name, started a training boot camp for women, aspiring women sports broadcasters. So she's not only taking her own success She's extrapolating it down and teaching other women how to be better prepared, how to research the teams, how to establish credibility with the guys on the teams and the coaching staff so that they come to them for the questions when they've done the play, when they've had the game of their life. And they know that these reporters are going to make them look good and enhance their careers and their standing. That's one example, but I find that to be incredibly powerful. In that chapter, I also talk about the NFL and the way the NFL is trying to recast itself to be more female fan friendly because they're finally realizing that women have a huge share of the household dollar to spend and that women are incredibly passionate NFL fans also. Well, every woman I know that's a fan is a lot bigger fan than than most men I know. <laughs> there you I go. guarantee you that. Right. I, I, Mary Beth, if she she won't ever shut up about the Green Bay Packers, nor nor Julie about the Vikings, for God's sake. Well, those Vikings yeah. had a heck of a game on Sundays. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. So, where are you seeing the greatest success, or or what causes the greatest success for women in these male dominated areas? I think it's approachability, it's intelligence, credibility, right? So, in that NFL chapter. I also talk about a woman named Connie Carberg. She was the first female NFL scout for the Jets in 1972. And she started off in the office, in the secretarial pool, and she started making her knowledge about scouting prospects known. And they gave her a shot, and she became the first female NFL scout ever. So you establish yourself with your knowledge and your credibility. You also have to have tenacity. Right. So you have to be able to wait for the opportunity. And then when you get it, you got to be able to capitalize on it. You got to, you know, as Steve Kerr always says, he won the championship in 96 for the Chicago Bulls because the pass came to him. He didn't expect it. Nobody expected him to take it. I mean, he got the pass and he hit the three pointer and they won the game. So you got to always be ready when the ball comes to you. I think the biggest piece of it is just know your stuff, your credibility. And yeah. I, you know, whether you're a man or a woman or don't make a difference, just know your stuff. I mean, does it go the other way? You know, as we kind of wrap up over yeah. the next you know, couple of minutes, is it go the other way? I mean, today in the office, 
two women were talking in our office today. You see, I didn't say gals, didn't say girls, okay? I wouldn't have said those things. I might have said, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I might have said gals. Yeah, yeah. I might have said gals. And I, you know, I'll, I'll argue with about whether that's okay or not because guys, gals, that's the way I look at it. But, I, I, but I'll give it to you. I, mean, I said women. So there's two women who were talking to the office. They were talking about how much stronger women were because they could handle so many multiple things as opposed to men. And I went and I just turned around and said, you know, because we have an open office environment. I said, that's bullshit. I know just as many airhead men as I know airhead women and and vice versa. And I think it's okay for us to say the other thing. It kind of goes back the the other way, doesn't it? I, I I think there's a lot to that. And I could spend another half an hour talking with you about this. But there's an ideology right now that I'm waiting to see more proof points on. But. The idea that as more and more women are getting more and more higher level opportunities, that it's it's really weeding out the mediocre men. And we've all worked with mediocre men who have gotten by Amen. because of their, you know, whoever they were men. Well, because they were men. men, but because they that privilege opened doors for them or gave them opportunities or letters next to their name that were much harder yeah. for the rest of us to achieve. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I I think the biggest thing that's coming seriously out of all this, I, I love your word bifurcation, and I love the guardrails, but, but just the discussion that we have around this about saying what's acceptable, not acceptable for all of us, but to look through the, the lens of another person, I think is real critical here. Jeez, because I, 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 I know I wouldn't think that because I have my own life experiences, my own thing. And, but you don't know what those are and you don't know what my values are. And right. so it's, yeah, it's a really, I'm just glad we're getting into it. I, I hate the fact that what got us here. Exactly. Because I, you know, I really don't like that, but I sure love the results it's starting to get. Now, well, and I the, love what do you too, say, Jeff, that now my phone is ringing with organizations that want me to help them really investigate what it is that's happening. So let's diagnose the problem before we become Uber. Let's help me understand yeah. and prioritize what my problems are and get into the trenches with us. And that's a really healthy exercise. Yeah, and it should be a lot more than putting Ariana Huffington on your board. So, yeah. you know, and I do love her, but uh, you know, it should it shouldn't be just that. And that was a good political move, a good move internally and externally. Right. But you gotta you gotta really and and you, taking a pill isn't going to solve it. You've really got to really get to the bottom of it and turn it around. It's it, and it takes you a while to get there. It's going to take you a while to get out of it. I don't think we're going to, you know, just because we're raising all this awareness doesn't mean we're going to solve it. It no. means we're just aware. Of, we're just aware of it. Well, and it's it's at a certain point, people have to take personal responsibility for their own words, their own actions, their own behaviors, and the accountability is what's changing around them. So if you're not paying attention to the new rules of the game and you get called out, you're not going to get away with it anymore. And that's what's yeah. going to catch up to a lot of the resistors. So one last question yeah. here. Let me ask you, where do you see the, the hashtag Me Too or, or Time's Up movements going? What's... Where do you see it going? I mean, to me, they came out of nowhere. Right. And um, where do you see it going? I see it, and it's consistent with what we've been talking about for this last half an hour. It's the real changes in the workplace. So we've got some cultural things, some social things that are huge and happening right now. So the Aziz Ansari thing that just hit is going to be another pendulum swing where there are going to be men who don't see 
their actions as offensive that are going to get swept into this. I'm a little bit okay with that. I'm a little bit okay with Al Franken being collateral damage if it brings us to a place of true reckoning on this. But the workplace and the HR groups are the ones that I I focus on. As I said, HR as the conduit for this is going to be disempowered. They're, They're just, they're too in the pocket of the corporation. There's no opportunity for objective evaluation. So I think external providers are going to pop up to be those arbiters of the truth and hand out sort of, I don't want to say the sentencing, but really handle the problems within an organization. You're going to see more organizations looking at their hiring profiles changing, right? So again, if you're doing the meritocracy, which is hire more people that look and act and went to school at the places I went to school, that's going to break down. So you're going to have more diversity as a result of this, not right away, but by 2020, I see that as as a definite outgrowth of this. And accountability across the organization from everyone who, from the the top of the C-suite to the mailroom is going to be held accountable and hold others accountable around them for the workplace they want to exist in. Amen. I, I and um, I could we could talk for a lot more than we've got time <laughs> yeah. for. Unfortunately, unfortunately, time's up. And I, I think I'm going to come back and revisit this. I think when your book comes out and when it's done, I want to get back and have a discussion and see where we're at. I because I, you know, you know, with Al Franken, I happen to know, and of course, I know the president as well. It's what about the equal application? You know, uh, exactly. It's, it's not. You know, it's going to, well, another topic. We'll bring that up another topic. It's been a pleasure. We've been talking with Eileen Scully, the founder of Rising Tides, making the workplace better for women. And we should probably add for men too, because if you make it great for women, it's going to be good for men. So thanks so much for being right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on C-Suite Radio Wow, what a great show. It was good stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about Liberty Tax, and I'm going to give you my wrap-up. So don't forget, listen in, because I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what I learned. So if you're looking to own a business, become a franchisee for Liberty Tax Service. They've been named the best of the best and placed on the top of the financial services category on Entrepreneur's Franchise 500. So if you're looking to join a winning team and become a franchise, visit LibertyTaxFranchise.com. And don't forget, a new sponsor and uh, a new partner. I love these guys, Pitney Bowes. I used to be in the printing industry, and I love to mail stuff still. They're an industry leader in mailing and shipping solutions. No matter what you send or how often, Pitney Bowes has the solution that precisely fits your needs. So weigh, print, mail, and save. They can save you Three cents per letter after January the 21st with a Pitney Bowes solution. See, discounts are not available in the post office, okay? So, and plans start for five bucks a month. So, for our listeners, Pitney is offering a free trial, so you're sure to find a solution that's right for you. So, visit pb.com forward slash all business to learn more and try it for free. Terms apply, so see the site for details, okay? So, that's PB pb.com. All right. I like to talk about the things I learn. I learn a lot. Listen, I, I just think this is a tough thing for guys and, you know, everybody else. But for men, this has been a tough subject. We don't, we need to know. I love her saying about what are the guardrails? What am I supposed to do? 
What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to say it? You know, that's not the real thing. The real thing is the fact you got to ask the damn question. Okay. You know, if you treat people with great respect, even when you screw up, they'll, they'll be okay. Okay. Little stuff, not talking about big stuff. If you got big stuff problems. Okay. You you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you know what I'm talking about. Okay. You know, your guardrails aren't going to help you, dude. Okay. So this is really a, a question about making sure that we become more human. And so think of it in terms of how would you feel if these things are being done to you or said to you? That's, that's the biggest thing that I learned. Okay. So let's, um, let's, let's, let's be careful out there and let's, let's do a better job at being human. Okay. So thanks so much for being here uh, on all business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget to tell your friends to listen in on C-Suite Radio. Uh, we've got a lot of great shows here and I appreciate it. So please tell your friends. Thanks so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.